right, here we go. My name's Todd Adams. And this is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to Zen Parenting Radio. This is episode number 149. One short of 150. And you know what that means, don't you? That you know subtraction. It's exactly. You're a mind reader. I know. Nice job. Um, we're going to be talking, uh, first of all, uh, yeah, let's talk about what we're going to talk about. <laughs> no, let's prepare what, to talk about what we're going to talk about. You want to introduce what we're going to talk about. Uh, Richie Incognito and the Jonathan Martin thing. Is that his name? Jonathan Martin? That's- it's funny. I was just going to say, is his name Richie? Yeah, I think it's Richie. Okay. Okay. I know that, let's say their names are Incognito and Martin. It's the Miami Dolphins. Yes. Debacle. Bullying issue. Oh, and we're going to do a preview because this Friday is Conversations with People Who Love and we're interviewing former bully Mark Schultz. We are. And I'm going to play a clip from that interview on this podcast. So we're going to, so like Todd said, we're doing this show on Friday. We're also going to talk about the documentary Bully, which we kind of talked about in a previous podcast, but we hadn't seen it. Right. We just talked about the controversy surrounding it. So now we've seen it and we discussed it with Mark, who is our friend, but he is a self-proclaimed former bully. bully. So he gives kind of some insight to his experience. Um, And then I'm going to talk about like a morbid topic that happened in the news last week. Um, A gentleman by the name of Timothy Bowers passed away um, after he fell out of a tree stand uh, when he was hunting. And I have a few thoughts on that. I know. And I didn't hear the story. Was this like a a blog that you read or was it like a huge news story? Oh, it was on CNN. Okay. At I didn't least hear that's it. where I found it. Okay. Um, so we're going to do, but first let's say what Zen Parenting Radio is. Okay. Zen Parenting Radio, this is episode number 149, is a discussion between a spiritual and emotional mom, that's you, and a logical and practical dad, that's me. And um, we have three daughters ages six, eight, and 10. And our goal is to give you the resources to become a better parent, but more importantly, sweetie, to become a better. You. And then my quote is the best predictor of a child's well being is a parent's self understanding. That's our mantra. Uh, our Mot- motto? Motto? Our, it could be our mantra. It could be our theme. It's our it best, could be our belief system. Best quote of the day thing. It could be, yeah. And whose quote is it again? Um, because I don't remember, I'll say it's mine. <laughs> you keep saying that, but it's got to belong to somebody. Whoever it belongs to, let us know. Yeah, because um, we saw it with quotes, but did it say anonymous or something? Um, I don't remember. Okay. All I right. I don't remember what happened yesterday, much less when I heard that quote. All right. But it's a good, it's a goodie. And I'm stealing an idea from my friend, Josh Becker, who has his own podcast. Okay. Um, he gave props to people who gave a review on iTunes. He didn't read them, but he just threw out their little iTunes name. Oh. So our, our three most recent, uh, iTunes reviews is from Let's All Just Get Along. Mm, I like that. That was titled Uplifting and Genuine Guidance. She gave us five stars. Nice. Thank you, whoever that is. And then Bubba, I think I know who Bubba is. Is that your Bubba? It might be, but I don't know. Called uh, Todd and Kathy Rock, also gave us five stars. Thank you, Bubba. And then lastly, Daredevil333. I wonder if Daredevil is a daredevil. Uh, Maybe. Also five stars. Best parenting podcast ever. Oh, that's nice. So I say that to say thank you to those three people, but I also say it to encourage um, our listeners to go ahead and put on their own iTunes review and maybe we will read their little name there. That's cool. What do you think? I, I think that's a great idea. I didn't throw that idea at you. No, but beforehand. I think it's 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 very multi-purpose because it's appreciation for people who are giving us a shout out and it's reminding other people to go ahead and do that because that helps the show. And it's just, I think it's good. I think you're good. I think you're good. I think you're good. I think my coffee's good. That's shocking. Um, I feel like I should we start with this uh, with my quote that I just recorded upstairs, or no? 
Um, no. Or is that premature? I think it is. Why don't you start? Well, actually, Todd, you know this story better than I do. I mean, I know everybody the way I knows. Feel about it. I don't feel like we have to describe. You know what? what it is. You think everybody knows it, but they don't. I talked to my college class about this last week, and they didn't all know the story. Because college students, generally speaking, are busy doing collegey things like drinking and studying in libraries. Well, but parents are pretty busy too. They're yeah. not watching football. Or just not all of them. I mean, all right. So um, there was a African, an African-American Miami Dolphins player who left the team because of the culture of the locker room. And it was um, geared specifically to another white player on the team. His name is Incognito. Uh-huh. And they read the, the text that he received, or maybe it was a voicemail. So basically what you're saying, just to make sure that people understand, in, Incognito is the one who's being called the bully. Yes. And this guy, Martin, is the one who felt bullied and left the team. Right. And Incognito left a text or a message. Again, I'm unclear, too, because they always read it. Yeah. It's a, I don't think it's a voicemail. I don't know. And that he sent it to him, and it's just one of the things. They also said... That they forced Martin to pay $15,000 for a trip that he actually didn't the, go on. And, and that's typically known throughout um, when you're a rookie. Yeah. It's hazing. That's what this is. This is okay. hazing. So what happens is, like, I remember a story in the Pro Bowl. Like, I don't know if it was – I might be getting the names wrong. But, you know, when Peyton Manning was at the Pro Bowl his first time, I think he may have won as a rookie. I don't know. Okay. And he found his hotel, his bill – was like thousands and thousands of dollars. And it's because all of his teammates – Charged it to Charged his it to his room. Got it. You can say, "Oh, ha ha ha!" They're you know they're millionaires, big deal. But you know it's it's a form of hazing, and it could get you know what if it's instead of three thousand dollars, maybe it's forty eight thousand dollars, and you know maybe that money's not you know whatever they they didn't get a chance to decide whether or not that was a bill that they wanted to have. Right. So that is a very I, I want to say harmless because. There's no emotions involved, or really, it's it's about finances. But well, it can be emotional. That's, that's one layer of bullying that happens on the NFL level. Different than when you play credit card roulette with your friends, because everybody decides everybody's in. everybody's in, and they're willing to take that risk. That's right. So here's I'm going to kind of dive into the middle of it because I um, what I was most interested in is when this story broke over a week ago is. Originally, you know, they talked about this guy and how awful Incognito was for doing this, and he was getting a lot of the brunt of All that of the attention went to, to this him. guy. But the interesting thing is, as you and I have discussed, is in that moment when I was watching that, I turned to you and said, isn't the guy who left the team going to get in trouble? Meaning for breaking, for the, code. breaking the code. And, and I the code is you deal with it inside the confines of the locker room. Exactly. And when I say that, I don't agree with it. Mm-hmm. I was just... Meaning I don't think it should be that way, but I looked at you like, oh my gosh, I feel like this guy is going to get in so much trouble. And the reason I said, no, this is different is because of the severity of the language that was there. But to your point, I don't think it is that much more severe than what has happened quite often in many locker rooms around. And that's what ended up happening is the next day, either Monday or Tuesday of last week, the the stories that we saw surfacing, the articles that I was reading were about how... um, it, this guy, this Martin guy, mm-hmm. was everyone was calling him a wimp, right? And saying, "Here's a grown man, three hundred pounds. He should deal, with and it. he should deal with it, and he should understand this is the culture of the NFL, and he should understand that this is what they had to go through. Therefore, he has to go through it." And I find that to be interesting because I knew that was it, when I say I knew that was going to happen. It, we kind of all knew that there was going to be backlash, right? right? But what I find interesting is is that it is such a weak, 
um, defense to say, well, this happened to us. Mm-hmm. People treated us like crap. Mm-hmm. Um, we This is how we treat each other in the NFL. Therefore, you have to go through it too. Right. I think that that's what happens in uh, fraternities and sororities. For sure. I think that's what happens in a lot of situations like that where there's a culture, there's mm-hmm. a code mm-hmm. or a man code or, you know, or just a code. It's not always masculine. And um, I just think that if you really are standing back from the world and looking at what you want in this world and you really want people to be compassionate toward each other, why is it okay to treat people like crap that you work with? Well, and I think the idea of having this discussion, because I don't want to exhaust what's already out there. I mean, you can't avoid this topic. Well, you... In your world, but there are a lot of moms who haven't been following this. I know. And what I'm trying to do is make it more relatable okay. to our daily lives. All right. Go ahead. Our sons and daughters, a lot of them will end up going to college. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them may or may not join a fraternity or sorority. Right. Which is um, a place where there is, from time to time, some hazing going on. Mm-hmm. So I think we can use this news story mm-hmm. at the dinner table with your sons and daughters to talk about it because they're going to be possibly put in a very similar situation. Correct. They may not be hazed upon or they may be asked to observe hazing. So did you say hazed upon? Isn't that right? They may not be hazed. But right. Yeah, I don't think you can haze upon someone. Maybe. I, I don't know. I think you can. Hazed upon. I don't know. Go ahead. So use this news story over the, at the dinner table saying, what do you guys think about this? Yeah. Is this an interesting thing to you? Because I will tell you, and I'm not going to break my code of silence, but there was times while when I was a freshman in college where I did not get as much sleep as I should have been able to get. Mm-hmm. We were never physically you know, mm-hmm. you know, harmed, but there were things that I wish Could I would have. Could be interpreted as hazing. Absolutely. Right. And I think it's better now. I, I, I could be, that might be a naive. silly, it mm-hmm. might be a naive statement, but I do. I think it might be a little, I think back in the old days, and when I say old days, when you and I went to college 20 years ago, it used to be um, a lot worse. Now, that's but, not to say there's still people, there's kids dying of alcohol poisoning all the time right. because they're forced to drink a certain amount of alcohol. So Forced or expected. Forced or which expected. Which it can be a challenge to right. differentiate between the two. Because that's what I was going to say is even when we were in college, even though there's definitely things that can be pointed to and say that's a form of hazing, it was so much better mm-hmm. than – 10 years prior to when we went yeah. to school. Like yeah, we no heard one, stories. Right, we heard stories and no one was physically harmed, that kind of thing. But as we know, emotional harm mm-hmm. or feeling like you only belong if right. can be just as abusive. Right. Um, so point in saying that is that I think Todd's point is well taken. Um, we actually had um, um, Annie Burnside is going to be one of our guests in conversations with people we love in the next couple of weeks. I don't know, maybe next month. But we've already taped it. And when we talked with her, we talked about this kind of thing where, you know, if a news story comes up, don't hesitate to bring that to the attention of your children. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially if it's something like this, where it is a, you know, it's especially if you have kids who are really interested in football, because it's relevant to Mm -hmm. their lives. It's something they're interested in, something you can process through. And a lot of times when we're searching for ways to, and I'm kind of doing air quotes, to teach our kids every day, we're given opportunities through the news media, through their personal experiences to use as teachable moments. And you don't even have to say, kids, I want to teach you about bullying. Here's what it is. Ask their opinion on this. What do you think about this? What do you think could have been done? What do you think should be done? What do you – and the thing is, is 
this is, you want to know my opinion on this, sure, Todd? please. I think this is one of these situations where a light is being shined. I don't necessarily think, I know for a fact that Incognito is not the only guy who's done this and he shouldn't take the brunt for every single person. And that's unfair. That is unfair. But the truth is, is he has to take responsibility for his actions. And unfortunately, he is the one who's quote unquote caught. So right. he's got to figure that out or they've got to figure that out. But the truth is, is it's just another opportunity where something's been cracked open and we can look at it. And whereas personally me, Kathy, I have no desire to go into the NFL. <laughs> you know, that's not what, but it's about our world. It's about the culture of our world. How do we want, how do we teach our kids to be compassionate beings if we go to be on a team and that's our job and our work and we don't we don't consider teamwork to be compassionate. We consider it to be a hierarchy of I'm going to beat on you right. either physically or emotionally, right. and you are going to succumb or be subservient, and that's how you're going to feel a part of this team. That doesn't make sense. Well, what's funny is um, I actually think that this is a good thing because it brings more attention to it. Mm -hmm. Like I think out of all the themes we've talked about on our 149 podcasts, bullying would probably be up there with the most reoccurring topic that we talk exactly. about. And it's not because... Because Kathy, are like, hey, let's talk about bullying again because it keeps it comes coming up. up. Mm -hmm. um, same as the Michael Vick thing with the with the cruelty to animals thing. Yeah. That was the best thing that ever could have happened to an organization that's trying to make changes because it brought so much attention to an Awareness. otherwise yeah. um, uh, thing that was never talked about. So um, I want to play a clip, and we're getting slightly off track, but I want to play it anyways because it it was so meaningful to me. Mm -hmm. From Brandon Marshall, Chicago Bears wide receiver. Before I do that, I do want to talk about our first partner, Helping Hands Maid Services. Um, they are our maids and cleaning service once a month, and they're really good at what they do. Um, and this month, they're actually, they I don't know if you know this, Kathy, but they promote certain partners. And this partner, th this month, they're promoting UCCA, which is the United Community Concerns Association. And they're dedi dedicated to fighting ho hunger all over our area. That's the canned food drive, right? I, I, maybe. Oh, yeah, it is. Because I have that on the fridge because the kids are doing a canned food drive through them. So aside from the amazing services that Gosha, who's the owner of Helping Hands Made Services, does, she's also very philanthropic mm -hmm. and tries to bring attention to organizations that need help. Mm -hmm. So just know that. And if you want to hire her services, just know that she is a philanthropist herself and she wants to give know, back to the community. Give back to the community. So 630-530-1324, helpinghandmadeservices.com. So this is something I was watching in my hotel room in Denver, Colorado, and the minute I saw it, I had to do something about it. Emailed and me. It's a quote from Brandon Marshall because what you just said, and I want to restate it, is so many of the players and former players and coaches say that this was handled the wrong way. Meaning it shouldn't have been brought out. Shouldn't have brought out the way it did, it, that John Jonathan Martin should have punched this guy in the face, and that's the way to handle these things. <laughs> And how great of a person Incognito is. And it's just crazy how all of a sudden Jonathan Martin becomes the victim. Uh, the tide has turned. Yeah. It, he the is victim becomes the... the blamey? Yeah. The, the blamey. Perpetrator? Perpetrator, yes. I, I still think that's the wrong word. Well, he becomes a villain. The villain, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like inquiring why he did this mm -hmm. when in fact he was the one who was bullied. The so. victim. Mm -hmm. Anyways, um, so this... And we talk a lot about differences between boys and girls and emotional health and all that. So here we go. This is Brandon Marshall. And nothing's playing. And, and do you want me to pretend to be Brandon Marshall? <laughs> I don't know if I do a very good job. I don't know where it went. All right. Well, you had it all queued up. I know. I know. I'm so. Well, you search for it because I have something that I can add to this. Please do. Okay. 
So what's interesting about this whole situation or what, you know, the whole idea of... I know what it is. Oh, okay. I'm going to fix it here. Oh, okay. I still... Will you come back to me? The first thing we say as parents is get up, shake it off. You'll be okay. No, don't I'm going back. I'm going back. A little boy falls down. The first thing we say as parents is get up, shake it off. You'll be okay. No, don't cry. Can you hear? A little girl falls down. What we say... It's going to be okay. We validate their feelings. So right there from that moment, we're teaching our men, you know, to uh, mask their feelings, don't show their emotions. And it's, and it's that times 100 with football players. Can't show that you're hurt. Can't show any pain. So for a guy that comes in a locker room and he shows a little vulnerability, you know, that's a problem. So that's what I mean by the culture of the NFL. And that's what we have to change. Yes. Are you mad at me because I had to keep going backwards? But why did you didn't go backwards? You said I'm going to go back because he wasn't talking. I, you didn't hear the fact that he was talking about boys in that oh, first no, no. clip. I missed it. Okay. okay, so that first one was about you know, boy falls down, tell him to get up, and then a girl falls down, and you tell him, you know, you reassure them. So, mm-hmm. anyways, I just thought that that is so profound, profound, and the fact that it's coming from an NFL player, and that this is you know. He could have been listening to our podcast and heard that from last week. <clears throat> so anyways, I just uh, kudos to Brandon Marshall for uh, once again shining light on something that I think needs to be talked about. All the parents out there, we you know, kids scra- a boy scrapes his knee, tell him he's okay. Or you tell him to stop crying. Tell him to stop crying. And, you know, in a- or the worst is when you say, you're okay. You're okay. Even though the kid is crying. Shake it off. Or, you know, and again, I don't know if this is said anymore, but, you know, boys don't cry or be tough or be a man or suck it up or whatever. Um, the thing is, is that gets embedded in them and it can numb them out so easily. And then it gets they can become perpetrators on other kids who can show their emotions, who can be vulnerable. And what I mean by perpetrators is they can be intolerant of it. I'm not saying they're going to physically attack other people, but they don't have an ability to then respect other emotional um, expression from boys. You are killing me. Too loud? You know why I'm playing that? Because we're talking about boys not crying. And because the cure is good. You don't like the cure. I do. Do you? I do. I had a, you know, I was just telling you, I used to have a Smith's Morrissey phase, and I also had a small cure phase. Yeah, very similar to one another. I also had a Stevie Ray Vaughan phase. I know. I never got into Stevie. Oh, loved him. Um, So, yeah, I totally interrupted your train of thought, but sometimes... You like to do that. I like to do that, and the cure is important. Boys don't cry. Yeah. I know, and they... And so, anyway, can I go on to the thought that I was going to say before, or do you want to say something more about Brandon Marshall? Because I know that was meaningful to you. No, no. Um, The thought that I had before was we talk about, you know that this is a culture and he should, and the, the language that was used a lot in the newspapers and the media um, from Martin was, or about Martin was he shouldn't have broken the man code mm-hmm. and that he, you know, that it's not okay and that he should have sucked it up or dealt with him and dealt with it himself. And first of all, that's a theme we often hear with boys, especially young boys, where they really do start to feel isolated, like they have to deal with everything on their own. Right. They can't ask for help anymore. They right. can't show any vulnerability. And what human being doesn't need help? What human being doesn't need uh, someone supporting them? It's a ridiculous notion, and right. it's a it's an outdated notion, and we got to work through that. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is, is I kind of feel like it's similar. It parallels what happens in families sometimes. 
sometimes something's going on in a family, if it be abuse or alcoholism or some kind of things with the marriage or whatever it may be, there's secrets right. in the family. And if a family member goes outside of the family and talks to someone or starts to share it or starts to ask for help, then people in the family will say, how dare you share the family secrets? That should stay in the family. Right. But really, the reason they're saying that is they don't want to get in trouble. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're, they're masking it as one thing when, ma- in, when, in fact, they just don't want it to affect them. They don't want to have to deal with it. Right. And so I find to them to be parallels because the person who ends up stepping out and saying, I'm not going to do this anymore, they're going to get the brunt of everybody else's discomfort. Right. But they are also one of the most brave individuals because they're trying to shift I don't even know if if someone walks away and says, I'm trying to shift a culture. That's not their intention. They're standing up for themselves and saying, I don't deserve this. I am worthy of something more. And the ripple effect, well, this is how you change culture. Yes. By somebody standing up for themselves. Yes. This kid may not be doing it to change NFL locker rooms between now and the end of time, but he just knows that this isn't right. And you know what? Let's go really deep on this. Rosa Parks, she didn't say, I'm going to start a civil rights right. movement. She said, I want to stay on the bus. Yeah. You know, I am worthy of this seat mm-hmm. and I am just the same yeah. as everybody else. And I'm not getting up from this seat. Right. And that sparked a big change where mm-hmm. we all viewed things differently. Like, why do we, mm-hmm. you know, why do we make these choices? And and the thing is, is, is where I understand why people are being self-protective, like, well, this is what I learned. This is what we do because that's what happens in families. This is what I learned. Right. But you, we, that's the whole self-awareness right. piece is you have to understand your value. And when you're being treated poorly or you're being treated disrespectfully or you just know in your skin it's not right, you have to step forward mm-hmm. for yourself. Yeah. And then, you and, know. And then the ripples will take care of themselves. You know the the stories that I'm always like completely um, overwhelmed by? Um, and there was a lot of them last year, is stories of people who have been in uh, what they have called cults. Right. If it be religious cults or a sect somewhere where they have been born and raised on this, what are they called? Um, it's like a, what's it called? What David Koresh had a... Plantation? It's not a plant. That's a word I was... Co- but it's not a plantation. I know, we all know what you're Okay. About. So a compound. Compound. And these people, these kids are born and raised there, and that's all they've known, and that's all they've seen, yet some of them know in their gut that they can't stay. Right. What is, and I know what that is in my opinion. Intuition. Yeah, that's a connection to something greater. Well, because we are, we came from love, we are love, and what what these kids have witnessed is the absence of love. So they just know. This can't be right. This can't be right. Even though there's no reason that nobody has ever taught, this is how, this is what love is. Exactly. They just intuitively know it. They, and yeah, like where people will teach them from the day they're born, this is how it is. This is, and like you said, but they know. And so. Most don't though. Most don't. Because they are brainwashed. They are brainwashed. And their brain, their brain is louder than their heart. Yeah. Because these kids who are able to leave, there's something in them that Mm. tells them this is not right. Right. And who knows what that straw is that breaks the camel's back where they truly leave. I've read a few of the stories, but I think it's different for everybody. But I just think those are amazing. Those are inspirational to me um, because I feel like that's their connection to, you know, to something bigger. I was going to say to source. Um, 
So anyway, okay. I just wanted to share that. So first, uh, second partner is a Tree of Life, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care, and you got a piece so, of paper in front of you. So Dr. Kelly is doing this really great workshop. It's actually this Wednesday, November 13th. So if you're listening to the show on November 12th, then, or on the 13th, keep this in mind. It's an EFT workshop. And for those of you who don't know what that is, it's emotional freedom techniques. And I have been trying, and I'm going to use the word try, even though Yoda doesn't like that word, to learn more about EFT. I actually even signed up for a class in Chicago that I couldn't make, and I bought a book on tapping. And I'm just so excited that she's offering this. So EFT is a tool that helps reduce or eliminate emotional and physical issues. And it's just through the simple process of like tapping on your acupressure points. So it sounds like one of those things, like how is that possible? But it's shown... It, the research has shown that it really makes a huge difference. And so if you have issues with stress, anxiety, weight loss, uh, negative emotions, PTSD, et cetera, then EFT, emotional freedom techniques, might be for you. So again, this is at Dr. Kelly's office, Tree of Life, Spring Road, um, Elmhurst, November 13th at 6.15. Just give her a call. Um, her number is 630-941-8733 or visit the website at chirotree.com. Um, so I want to preview this Friday's show with a clip from our interview with Mark Schultz. Okay. Former bully. Yes. Current teddy bear. Current, current father of four, stay at home dad. Current lovely guy. Current lovely man. So, uh, this is just a quick clip. It's about a minute. Before you would go to school and bully is that there wasn't a lot of people watching. Um, you, I don't, I don't want to tell, I want to, I don't want to speak for you. What were you feeling? I was, I didn't, I didn't like school to begin with. Yeah. Okay. And it was just for me a way to get through the day. Mm. It was a way for me. The teachers would leave me alone. Everybody would leave me alone. There would, I, my so great, were teachers afraid of you? Oh, yeah. Oh, jeez. Okay. I had parents afraid of me. Mm-hmm. It, it was, came to a point where, like, my grades didn't, they just passed me through. Yeah. I would Fs and everything else. By seventh grade, I had to be put in a special program to learn more about how to read and everything else because they didn't bother. Yeah. There was nobody, you know, showing me anything. Right. They're too busy being afraid of you. Being afraid of me or thinking I don't care. Or you don't matter. Right, don't matter. They don't matter. Right. You know. So, so my, my point is, yeah, bullies, bullies are bad, but a bully is also another person being bullied some other way. Exactly. Emotional, physical, or something else. Mm-hmm. There's something going on with that person with it, that they're not getting. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. And being a bully myself, like you said, I have... And stop. Oh, my gosh. I'd forgotten how good that interview was. So what are your thoughts about our friend Mark Schultz? Well, I think that he said... Every, I mean, he said it all himself. I think what ends up happening is when a kid is kind of labeled or deemed as bad news mm-hmm. or even the teachers are afraid of them, they don't want to deal with whatever repercussions they assume whatever they assume the repercussions would be right. with like confronting him or dealing with the parents or whatever, that they just are hands off. Right. And like he said, you know, I can't say that this is happening today. Again, mm-hmm. Mark is our age. He's from our generation. Right. I don't know. I'm sure every town, every school, every teacher is different. But I can see how that could very easily happen where the assumption is that they don't care. Let's just pass them through. Yeah. Let's not deal with it. And the truth is, is what he said is that a bully, he said it beautifully, is being bullied in some other way right. in their life, even if it's not is another kid bullying them. There's an adult that is either neglectful or um, 
or what's the or abusive, right? Or it, there's something going on in that child's life. I know, and it's easy to discount um, them because they're causing harm. Exactly, and they're having harm caused upon them, whether it's internal or it's external. So it's there. So well, and I think we have to under, understand that everything is balanced. And sometimes when we focus too much on one side, meaning we we talk about the victims, um, which we need to, mm-hmm. but where we just point a finger and say, those people are bad, the victims are good. We're missing such a huge piece of the puzzle. It's like you and I and our belief system is, even though I can, uh, I, I believe in female empowerment mm-hmm. and I want to focus on helping girls speak, you know, have a, a stronger voice and speak up and having more leaders, I also believe in supporting boys. Right. So they can not only create that space for women, but have an understanding of how that helps them too. So my point in saying that is that bullies, we can't just focus on victim Mm -hmm. because then we're missing a huge piece of the puzzle. Well, and in reference to our discussion earlier, uh, incognito is bullying this guy. exactly. And, you know, there's a reason he got to be that way. Exactly. Someone did it to him. Mm -hmm. And if if maybe he's the worst one, who knows? Probably not. But somebody bullied him when he was a rookie. Maybe someone at home taught him to be that way. And, you know, bottom line, Todd, it's kind of like we've talked about football on the show before. It's such an interesting thing. It's, there's so much going on with football, with the concussions and mm-hmm. and all these players who have, like, done things off the field. Right. They're abusive, uh, you know, husbands right. or the guy who murdered somebody. We ask them to go out the, there to and be aggressive. Be as violent, and be on, as violent on the field as possible. And then cut it off. Right. You know, like the one um, thing that we, we watched where, and I know this this kind of thing happens all the time, where the player um, did the tackle and then he stepped on the guy's head. Oh, yeah. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that. How do you Turn off that shut switch. that off? Right. And yes, he should. Mm-hmm. And it's not okay that he stepped on a guy's head, but we're asking people to be in the moment, in an emotional game, to shut that off the minute a referee blows a whistle. Yes. And I don't have any answers on how to solve these issues, but I think the first step is compassion. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, the definition and empathy to me, the definition of those things is to understand why people do what they do. Right. Then we can help them. I don't like the labeling of they're just a bad seed and this poor person. There's something going on in both situations. So that is a preview of this Friday's uh, conversation. So tune in, Mark Schultz. Uh, It's going to be a good one. So what do you think about this Timothy Bowers thing? Well, that's all you, babe. I mean, go for it. Here's my deal. Okay. So Guy tragically fell out of a tree stand while hunting in Indiana Mm -hmm. last week, maybe two weeks ago, 16 feet to the ground, paralyzed, Um, He suffered a spine injury and paralysis, authorities said. On Sunday of last week, he chose to remove himself from life support systems, the department said in a statement, and he died that evening. Mm. Uh, Young guy. Basically, he said no to life support. Bowers was a newlywed. He married Abby on August 3rd. His widow is expecting a baby. And I think this is from her. The last thing he wanted was to be in a wheelchair the Indianapolis Star uh, was quoted as on Wednesday as saying he would never be able to give hugs to hold his baby. We made sure he knew that so he can make a decision. Even if he decided the other thing, the quality of life would have been very poor and his life expectancy would have been very low. So the reason uh, this triggered me, and I don't know, if I was in that position, I think I would have made a different decision. Really? I don't know. And plus, how, how can you make a, a sound decision a few days after such a traumatic event? Mm-hmm. Um, I would have said, Kathy, 
if there's some hope for me to have a semi-decent life, even if I can't use my arms or my legs, I am not my arms or my legs. Mm -hmm. I am not my body. I am my heart. I am my spirit. And that can move on Mm -hmm. without the assistance of arms and legs. So um, I just, if I would have been in, so if I ever fall out of a tree stand and I'm on life support, Mm -hmm. as long as my heart, my brain work, well, Give me another... honey, not you and I have talked about this, and you we you don't want. If I'm gonna have to be in a hospital, just pull the plug, right? Because that's the thing is life I, support. I would need. He to... was on life support in that moment, okay, but that doesn't mean he wasn't going to get off of it. I mean, that's my guess. I don't know. Well, didn't they say to him though that he wasn't going to that his quality of life would be poor? Poor. But what does that mean? Yeah. What does that mean? Are you I just going to throw in the towel? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there's so many amb- ambiguities. Right. We do, it's like a news story. Attached right? to that. Right. So, um, But what you're saying is that the recognition of the fact that just because you don't have the use of your arms and legs, that you are still a valuable human being. And you know who you're thinking about? Who? You're thinking about Nick. Oh, yeah, Nick, my yeah, guy. your guy. Yeah, it's a man who was born without arms, without legs, and he's a... Motivational speaker. Motivational speaker. The guy is a rock star, and I will put him in the show notes yeah. of the show because it's quite inspiring. Like, I, I watch this clip once a month just to get inspired. Show, we've showed the girl. I don't know what the guy's last name is. It starts with a V. Um, it, interestingly enough, he was on one of Oprah's life classes. Did yeah. I show you that? No, I didn't yeah, know that. He was, she did a life class and I can't even remember if it was T.D. Jakes that she was talking to, but she brought him up on stage. No way. Yeah. Oh. And so he's, he's, uh, he's kind of out there in the... Yeah. You know, getting a little more publicity. So do you, uh, so do you have any other thoughts well, on this before we move on? A small thought about this. What I do think that this kind of story can bring up in us is obviously it's very sad and, um, you know, it's not a very uplifting story, but it can remind us as a couple or as an individual to have conversations Mm -hmm. about, you know, choices that you're going to make in your life and what you really want. And again, I don't think that then it's over because I think once the next thing happens, you have to decide in that place and time, is this what I really want? So. But I think a lot of times we don't have difficult conversations Mm -hmm. because we just assume that we're immortal and that that's not going to happen. And if it did, I'd deal with it then. And while I'm very uh, big fan of the present moment and I I choose to be mindful and to not worry about the future, I think that there's things that we can set in place. Yeah. You know, like you and I have had discussions. You've got to have some, 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 you got to be smart. Some forethought. Yeah, some forethought. And, you know, make no mistake, this guy made, may have made the absolute best decision for him and his for family. him and his family mm-hmm. all i'm saying is if i can still kiss my daughters let, let me stick around for right, a little bit right all right right so. and that's you know and that's the thing is again not knowing his story but his his time here may have been for a different purpose yeah, that, that may have been it and that he, you know we respect obviously his choice but it's the again another news story that brings up a really good conversation right. between a couple or right. a family maybe this isn't an appropriate one for your kids but it's like maybe for your partner for or your partner yeah. you know like what do we and then that just brings in the what i call the Susie orman questions of you know what like you and i have been um for the last couple months and i say Susie orman questions because about making sure that everybody's going to be taken care of right. do you have life insurance right. do you have health insurance right. i know a lot of people who walk around without health insurance i know and i know that that'll change with obamacare meaning things are gonna you know in the next couple of years it will be hopefully more accessible for people as soon as the website's up <laughs> 
Don't even get me started. Brock's had a bad, bad He month. has. And, you know, well, I don't want to get Yeah, let's not go let's there. Let's not go there. So but, uh, go ahead. Uh, but what I was going to say was that these are important things. That's all. Last partner, Avid Company. Yes. Painting and remodeling yes. all of the Chicagoland area. 630-956-1800. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Kraft is the owner. He's a friend. He's a good businessman. How's his ACL doing? Or his Achilles? What did he rip? He blew out his ACL. But he's better now. He he recovered much quicker than he thought he was going uh, to. Shocking. Yeah. He's a good guy. He is. He's on 630-956-1800. So if you need a kitchen redone, a basement redone, you need some walls painted, he's your guy. Uh, and make sure you mention Zen Parenting Radio. Um, so now I want to turn it over to the old... Tournament of bad. Tournament of bad. Tournament of bad. <laughs> um, so you got a present in the mail last week. What'd I get? Oh, you bought something. What'd I get? You bought a bunch of Christmas presents. You start... Oh, yes, yes, yes. It's November, which means Kathy starts buying Christmas presents. Yes. And do you want me to talk more about that or no? I want to talk about how it was wrapped. Okay. Well, first of all, I um, did buy a bunch of Christmas presents presents all from the same place and had them all delivered in there for, I'm so excited about all of them. I get mm-hmm. excited when I get excited about the presents. I don't like to You go, love getting the presents that you're going to give to somebody else. I love buying them if they're meaningful. I don't like going somewhere and just saying, I have to get something for someone. So I'm just going to get this. Like the old Best Buy gift card that my friend Marty does on December 24th. Yeah. I mean, you know, a gift card, I guess someone's going to use it. But when you're just buying someone a pair of socks because you have to have something for them to open, I think it's a silly thing. But when you find something that someone would not buy for themselves... You're a very good gift giver. Thank you. You are. I like you to... You put a lot of thought into it. Yes. Well, and isn't that... That's what this time of year is all about. It's like that remembering, you know, thinking about people and... Attention. Attention. And we don't spend a ton of money. It's yeah. not about money. It's about this is something that this person would appreciate and they would never spend money on it for themselves. Or at least that's the hope. You right. never know. Right. So anyway, but what was the problem with it? Um, it came in bubble wrap. It wasn't real though. It looked like real bubble wrap. Yeah. And guess what? It wasn't real bubble wrap. What was that? You, The, the bubbles were lined up horizontally. Yeah. So if you pressed on a bubble, uh-huh. there was a little bit of air that can get from one bubble into the next bubble. So in other words, when you press on the bubble, it doesn't pop. Ah. You want to talk about the most frustrating thing ever. Bubble wrap is one of the best things ever, and they screwed it up. Yeah. They now have bubble wrap that doesn't pop. Well, I'm sure there's a method to the madness. They probably did that because why? To frustrate me? I don't know. There's got to be a reason. We didn't talk about this, so I don't know. But All I know is, remember that part in Naked Gun? And like they're like shooting each other and then all of a sudden there's bubble wrap. So yeah. they start just like stop what they're doing and they just start popping the bubble wrap. I do. That's why bubble wrap is so awesome. I know. And do you remember when we used to do um, – and I'm totally giving a shout out to my friend Dot who is a storyteller. Storytelling mm-hmm. – uh, Stories by Dot I That's think right. it's called. But she used to – when I worked at Children's Memorial, she used to um, do storytelling for the kids. And then we hired her to come to some of our girls' parties because she's so good. Yeah. Um, and we'll put her link sure. on our web notes. But anyway, she, part of her thing is she would bring bubble wrap and she would have the kids go on like an adventure and run over the bubble wrap. And it was like everybody's favorite part. I know. So I'm, I'm totally, I am not uh, immune to the fact that bubble wrap is fun, but they probably did that for a reason. Maybe it's cheaper. Maybe it's cheaper. When in doubt, follow the money. Maybe it's not as loud. 
because bubble wrap's really loud. Well, and the thing is with this new bubble wrap, if you like try to squeeze a bunch of bubbles at the same time, It'll pop. it will pop because it scared you. And it scared me. And you got mad. Yes, I did. And I said, don't do that anymore. And that's probably when you came up with this because you're like, now I can't have fun. I know. I love bubble wrap. I Anyways, know. enough for the bubble wrap. Do you okay. have anything that you want to add about the bubble wrap uh, or about um, Tournament of Bad? Um, just that I don't, I'm not happy that I have to wear socks every day now. Because it's wintertime? Yeah, I just like to not wear socks with my shoes, and it's just such a bummer. Actually, right now, I don't have socks on with my shoes. I went out and bought shoes with fur inside of them, and I've been wearing leg warmers. Hmm. And so that's, How's that working out for you? It's all right, but Don't forget I, about your hot water bottle trick at night. But that's at night. I can't walk around with that during the day. Maybe we can invent something. <laughs> we should. You walk around in hot water bottle shoes. That would be awesome. I would walk everywhere then. I know you would. Um, and I just might fall asleep in lots of places because that makes me tired. So we have about five minutes left, and I want to dedicate it to this woman named okay. Gina. Go ahead. She asked Gina. a question. So this is. Uh, so if you have a question, uh, shoot us an email at comments. Have at Zen- I heard this question? I don't think so. Okay. Uh, comments at zenparentingradio.com, and we'll try to get your question answered. Question from Gina. How can I be closer to my daughter? When she was younger, I believed in being strict with her, but I realized it turned into me controlling her and not giving her freedom to be herself and express her emotions. I still have a hard time letting go sometimes, but it's something I'm working on and I've come a long way. I feel as though she resents me and there's been a distance that seems like is always there. Maybe we are too much alike as we both get hurt very easily. I always take an extra moment to tell her I love her. I just wish there was a way to get her to open up to me and we can be close. Thanks for listening. You guys are great. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Well, a few thoughts. I don't know how old she is. I don't. I, you mean the girl, yeah. her daughter? Yeah, the daughter. I don't either, but I don't think it matters. Okay. It doesn't matter if she's eight or 16. I think the answer would be the same. What is it? Um, well, it's not a simple answer, but I think that she, whoever wrote this, what's her name again? Gina? Gina. She, in the middle of that email, had it. And then she walked away from it, meaning she said, you know, I'm I'm trying to do these things, but maybe she and I are just too similar and this isn't going to work. Right. And she doesn't need to go that route. My point is, is that if she feels that she was too, too strict and controlling early on, then instead of wondering if that's true or feeling bad about it, she needs to have a date with her daughter mm-hmm. and say, you know what, when you were younger, I think I was too strict and controlling Mm. with you. Do you feel that way too? And if I was, I'm sorry that I didn't recognize. And I want you to know why I was, because I was worried about this. I was worried about that. And then continuing that conversation and telling her daughter, when you feel like I'm being strict and controlling, will you in a respectful way, let me know, even if it's by leaving me a note or saying that there's something I'm saying that's scaring you or worrying you. And let's have a different kind of communication because as you grow up, if you're eight or 16, it doesn't matter how old she is, I want to make sure we have a really good relationship. And the way things are going right now, I don't feel like you trust me and I don't, I obviously need to work on trusting myself and let's, let's, let's have a do over. Hmm. And again, it doesn't have to be my words exactly. I think the thing that we miss in parenting is that we can be really normal and human and we don't have to have a plan. Right. And it doesn't have to be a big discipline kind of, well, if this didn't work. And you I'm don't gonna... have to have the perfect words. No. Or the perfect language. No. Your intention, just start with your intention. Yeah. Your intention is, I feel like maybe I screwed up a little bit yeah. way back when. And I'm, I'm trying to help. How can we make it better? What did I, what can I do to make it easier? Blah, blah, blah. The most important thing to me, daughter, is having a relationship with you 
where you understand how much I love you and care for you and that you know that I am here for you. Mm -hmm. And if that's not being, if you're not feeling that, then I got to try something different and you got to talk to me about what's not working. Right. Because the thing, you guys, is if we're going to be controlling with our children, they're going to be controlling with themselves and potentially other people. And what I mean by that is that that's going to be the way that they respond to you too, Hmm. is they're going to be, no, I'm not going to, they're going to dig their heels in as much as you do. So we have to, in, in, that conversation will not make everything perfect, Todd, right. but it opens that door right. to let's shift things. I think we sit around and hope right. that things will change. And really the truth is, is we're waiting for them to change. Right, right. And that's not fair because we're the adults. So Gina, I hope that helps. It's not, don't guilt trip it. Don't think about it too much. Step forward and, and say, honey, let's have a date on Thursday night. Nice job. I liked your answer. Oh, good. I'm glad. It felt right in my stomach. So last but not least is uh, our shameless self-promotion. We have a holiday retreat coming up. Is that what's going on? We do. And because we're like in the middle of this website transition, I'm not quite sure how to publicize it where people can like sign up. You're doing it right now. Oh, we don't know about the sign up, but just it's coming. It's coming up. It's actually in the middle of December. So before Thanksgiving, I would like to have the ability for you to sign up. So I'm working on that from my side because I don't think our website will be up till like December 1st. Right. So, um, so holiday retreat. That's right. It's going to be fun. Virtual yeah. retreat. Virtual retreat. You don't have to go anywhere. It's all about gratitude. It's all about staying calm and enjoying the holidays. Um, it, staying heart centered during and, a very frantic time. And I have my men's uh, retreat coming up March 7th through March 9th. Uh, if you're interested, I'll get you some more information. Uh, just email me at comments at zenparentingradio.com. And since the holidays are coming up, if you're like me and you shop early in November, my book, That's my right. books, Self-Aware Parent, Self-Aware Part, Parent one and, Part 1 and 2, good for a new mom or a mom who may just want a little calm advice. There you go. Have a good week. Have a good week. Have a good week.